Hi everybody, my name is Landon Ernest. Thanks for listening to episode 148 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Father, thank you for this time that we could spend on the podcast. And I just pray that you'd guide us in, uh, in our words, in our mind, in our hearts, that uh, what we say and what we do on this podcast would be glorifying to you and that it would be informative to the audience. And I pray, Father, that you'd bless each and every one of them uh, during this holiday season. Many are hurting because of the loss of uh, maybe family members or friends or co-workers or uh, loss of jobs. And uh, we just pray that you would provide for their needs and provide for them spiritually, mentally, and physically. We thank you for these things, Father. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, amen. All right, brother. What's up, my brother? Well, welcome, folks, to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast once again. How you been doing, brother? You know what? I'm still alive. God is good. Awesome. Better, awesome. better, than, better than I should. How about that? There you are. There you are. <laughs> So should I jump in first, or do you have you want to jump in? I'll take the floor, brother. It's all you. All right. So, folks, uh, I'm gonna, and uh, I'm going to get Beef's reaction on this. Um, but I think the biggest news I want to go to first is the news about Roe versus Wade going back to the Supreme Court, and it's a Mississippi case. Uh, and this one, according to the legal analysts, this one could actually overturn Roe versus Wade. Wait, if anybody what? wants, yeah, <laughs> out there in Mississippi, uh, really? Yeah, down Mississippi, where I don't want down Mississippi. <laughs> Did you ever heard that song? Anyway, yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> No, I like Mississippi. Mississippi is where uh, that's where Marshall Shoals is, right? Or is that Alabama? I got I got them mixed up. That's Alabama. That's anyway. Alabama. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I was I went to a school in Mississippi, though. There we go. It, it was a nice state. I like Mississippi. For all you Mississippians out there. Anyway, this is uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, and here's a quote. From uh, the um, the Attorney General, Attorney General uh, Lynn Fitch, who's a legal defense for, for the state, she said Roe versus Wade has hindered a healthy political dialogue about abortion, and perhaps most importantly, about how we as a society care for the dignity of women and children. And then she further says the new crop. Actually, no, that's a, this is a different quote. 
So this is a different person. Um, this is uh, Cardoza law professor and ABC News legal analyst Kate Shaw. She said this, the new crop of quite conservative justices on the court seems to put special stock in how wrong a previous opinion was. And they all think that Roe was very, very wrong. Said, And uh, then she said this, um, I think that will be an important factor in their decision whether to revisit it. Well, they've already taken up the case. Yeah. They said they're going to take up the case. And that's absolutely huge, huge when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Now, what's at stake? What, what, what are they considering? What they're considering is the viability of life. When does it, when does it begin? Okay. Now, that's playing God any time that you try and determine the, when life begins, when it doesn't begin. Uh, God determines that. We don't. Absolutely. But people being, you know, be, being as we are in our human nature, we think we can play God. But here's, uh, here's what it says. The justices will hear arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health over a Mississippi law that prohibits termination of pregnancies after 15 weeks. Lower courts have found the ban plainly unconstitutional under the half century of legal precedent since Roe and put it on hold. I'm going to talk about in a moment this whole thing about looking at other court decisions to determine constitutionality. Mm. But anyway, fetal viability outside the womb around 24 to 26 weeks, according to medical experts, has been the longstanding line before which states cannot ban abortions. Mississippi is asking the justices to eliminate that standard and allow each state to set its own policy. And uh, they're saying that the case will be heard by a court whose conservative majority of justices is widely viewed as more sympathetic to opponents of abortion rights than any in, than any in a generation. Now, I want to remind folks, it was a conservative court that gave us Roe versus Wade, so you can't really always count on that, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. The three most recently appointed justices were all elevated to the high court by former President Donald Trump with the express purpose of overturning Roe. Real quick, I want to take a look at this, uh, looking at uh, other court cases in order to determine constitutionality. Lower courts, like uh, the district courts, they will look at um, what the Supreme Court has decided before. Mm-hmm. It is called case law. They'll look at case law. And case law has precedence. And this has been a problem because when you get bad case law, you get bad decisions coming off of that case law all the way down the line. And nobody seems to ever go back and look at the original Constitution and say, was this decision by the Supreme Court, was it um, constitutional, right? Of course, district courts would have a tough time doing that, but they could do it. And then the Supreme Court would have to take it back up again, right? Right. But... um, you don't, I mean, the, the Supreme Court interprets the Constitution. That's their job, is to interpret the Constitution. 
But when you get an interpretation that is clearly, clearly unconstitutional, unconstitutional, because where in the world in, in, in the Constitution does it ever say that murder is legal? Mm. And if you're killing a life inside the womb, even if, what's the difference between being inside a womb or outside of the womb? There is no difference, right? Right. God said to David, "I knew you from um, from your mother's womb, from your from the, your inception." Right at the point that David became, uh, 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 were well, I don't want to get that graphic. <laughs> at the point <laughs> where um, he was conceived, we'll put it that way. At the point of conception. God said he knew David. Uh, John the Baptist jumped in the womb when he heard, uh, when, he, when, it, when he saw that G- Mary was pregnant with Jesus, right? That's right. Uh, I mean, there's a number of examples like that in Scripture where God talks about a child in the womb and how he ordained that child from, from the womb to be this or to do that. Right. Yeah. So God recognizes the child in the womb as being a viable human being from conception. Scripturally, that's where it is. So there's nowhere in the Constitution where it says we're allowed to kill a viable human being. Mm. And so clearly, Roe versus Wade was based upon very, very flawed argumentation, very flawed uh, reasoning. Yeah. And so with modern science, 24 to 26 weeks doesn't fly. You got to take it way back because modern science knows that these babies in the womb are viable much earlier than 24 weeks, much earlier. Mm -hmm. And yet we have created a Holocaust that has murdered these kids, millions of them, since 1973. How is it that we can do that and God not judge us? Absolutely. As <clears throat> yep. Your thoughts, brother? Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I love the way you post that, uh, that, that question because, yeah, uh, how do we go on with life knowing that it is unacceptable to God. And not only that, we've seen through scripture when people have rebelled, uh, mm-hmm. rebelled against God, he's yes. brought the gauntlet down and he's done it by many means, you know, to yeah. bring a nation to its knees. And, we which, you know, we, we've spoken about how we think, uh, you know, uh, the United States is being judged. Yes. In many ways, right? Yeah. So, no, yeah, absolutely. We have, gone, we have gone downhill so much since 1973. I mean, yeah. the, the nation has really taken a big hit since then. And yet, uh, Christians have been fighting against this mm-hmm. all the way through it. And I believe that uh, this, I believe that abortion was brought into this nation as a judgment of God against it. Because mm-hmm. the nation began to turn away from God. Right? Is right. my chair squeaking too much? <laughs> anyway, yeah, and the nation, the nation is uh, was turning against God. By 1973, um, we had replaced God with 
other things, politics, science, you name it, whatever it is, whatever we deem to be a higher authority or more uh, reliable or whatever, you know, and, and here's another thing that gets me about this. Nobody believed God when God said, um, that baby in the womb is mine. Mm-hmm. And to kill it is pure evil. It's an abomination. Right. Nobody believed God. But when science comes along and says, yeah, that's a, that's a human being. Oh, well, then, okay, well, that's different. Now science tells us it's a human being. So, yeah, now we believe it. <laughs> so you see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who's your God? Science? I mean, I'm not, I'm not against science. I'm, I got all kinds of science books back here. I love science. But um, science is not my God. Science isn't the end all, right? It's not the final authority on all matters. But coming out of the 1950s, you would have thought it was, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, God has had to teach us a lesson. He had to show us that our intelligence, our development of technology and all that, so what? That, that that doesn't mean anything when it comes to having the wisdom of God, having the knowledge of God. Uh, I was reading passages out of, out of Jude and other places where God calls us dumb animals, brute beast, mm-hmm. when we do yeah. things like that. It's brute beast that brought us Roe versus Wade. Right. And, you know, and then this is how God terms it. That's not my words, folks. This is God saying this. So go read the passages. Look up brute beast or dumb animals in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, King yeah. James is brute beast. I don't know what the other versions say. But read it out of Jude. Go read the book of Jude. Mm-hmm. It's only like 30 verses or something. It's, it's a very short ver- book. You can read it in five minutes. And yeah. see what God has to say about people who think they're all that, right? <laughs> and can determine yep. things like oh, when yeah. life begins. It'll bring you I to your knees for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so that's that's not good. Anyway, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't you write in your uh, in the book you wrote, uh, uh, Young Man's Guide? Um, in regards to as Christians, our beginning point or our starting point is the word of God. And then we look at the science of things and then we look at technology of things and vice versa. Right. But yeah, it's, it's flipped on its head. The right. word of God verifies the science. The science doesn't verify the word of God. Correct. So that's how I wrote it. Right. You and know. that's that's a, that's a big, 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 big point. Why? Because as believers, as we if we believe that God's word is inerrant, infallible, and his written word breathed by the Holy Spirit, uh, there should be no other starting point for us. That's it. Right. Right. And and you have to be able to distinguish between good science and bad science. Or real science and fake science, mm-hmm. right? When you're when you're talking about something that happened in the past, and you're using 
I don't know, non-existent or really f- very scarce um, skeletons, you know, archaeological digs to say, oh, we definitely know th- that these animals existed or humans look like this or humans developed this way and there was Cro-Magnon man and Neanderthal man and all this. Mm-hmm. And you make up this entire thing but you don't have any real science to back it up. That's folks. That is pseudoscience. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when you, when you really intensely study evolution and get outside of the secular humanist view of it, and you look at it in its totality, it's the foundation of a religion. Mm. And it's a religion of secular humanism. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's more religion than it is science. But if you're talking about Newton's law of motion, or if you're talking about gravity or something of that nature, you know, that's established science. Right. Now, established science is verified by the Word of God, whenever the Word of God speaks of it. But again, remember, the Bible is not a science book. It may contain scientific understanding and facts in it, but it's not written to be a science book. God gave his minds to discover and to create, and he gave us the ability to learn about the universe that he created and to develop technology. Yeah. And that's a gift from God. So just because the Bible may not address the subject, that doesn't negate the viability of the Bible mm-hmm. any more than a science book that not talking about prose doesn't invalidate the science book. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how people think sometimes. I mean, they, people are losing their cognitive skills and I have a theory as to why brother. Okay. I think it's has to do with the constant bombardment of social media and uh, the video, you know, the, you have these goggles you can put on now and go into an alternate world with video games and things like that. Yeah, virtual reality. Virtual reality. That affects the mind. People have a lack of attention span because of that. They want immediate gratification, immediate response, immediate everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, if, if a video, if they're watching a video and it's, it's waxing a little bit long because it's eloquent and someone is being eloquent in their speech and they are really uh, laying down the foundational work for what the video is about so they can get into the meat of it. People turn it off because they can't, they, they do not have the ability to endure eloquent speech and in depth um, analysis and writing of any particular subject hmm. because they've so saturated their minds with 30-second videos, virtual reality, and constant social media on the phone because you're constantly looking at the phone, doing Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be. There's a bunch of them out there now. Right. That they, they're losing their cognitive skills, they're losing their ability to be patient, they're losing their ability to sit and have a conversation with another person, 
it's all mind control manipulation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems that way to me. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't have any data. I'll, actually, I do have some data. I've looked up some of it, but I I don't have it available right now because I didn't think I'd be talking about this subject. But I mean, and this is why people are not learned. They're not. I mean, they can go to college and pass tests, but so what? Can they sit down and really devour a book without the cliff notes or without plagiarism or cheating to pass the grade, to pass the class? Mm. Yeah. You know, any thoughts? Not much to add, brother. You pretty much covered, yeah, that's that's very well covered. Well, going into that, um, here's one that will shock people. Uh, there's a Supreme Court ruling of Association of Molecular Pathology mm-hmm. versus uh, Myriad LLC. Lawmakers declare human genomes altered by mRNA vaccines can be patented. In other words, the the person that receives the mRNA, because the mRNA is patented and it's a new technology, it's, it's, a, it's the type of technology that has to be patented in a certain way. The person that has that injected into their body also can be patented by the manufacturer of the vaccine. Does that mean somebody owns you? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, you become their slave. Oh, my goodness. You, be, you become somebody's slave. <laughs> yeah. Now, this wow. is a, I did that, that, how's that for an intro? Uh, Dr. Shinda Brandolino is a health professional who specializes in lymphology, phebology, hmm. and occupational medicine. And as more patients become immunized, she grew increasingly disturbed about what's been going on. And an alarming number of suffered severe and debilitating complications. So she started doing some research. And this is what she found. Uh, During a recent conference, she elaborated on the decree's dire implications. And here's the quote. When you modify the genome with with an... uh, adenovirus vaccine Mm. that the vaccinated person is already a transgenic. In other words, putting a synthetic RNA into the person, altering their RNA, which communicates with the DNA. So you basically are affecting the DNA as well to create a spike protein to be kicked out of the cell, supposedly to put on the cell walls, which by the way, they're finding doesn't work that way. Uh, It creates a transgenic or a transhuman person. According to what is legally established, she states, in, in international law, it will be the property of the owner of the patent. Mm. In other words, it's not, it's no longer fully human. This is this is crazy stuff. This is right out of Star Trek. Okay, this is yeah. nutty stuff. Matter of fact, there was a an episode of Star Trek that dealt with this very subject, where a guy uh, 
he took his mind and he actually put it in the, into the computer of the ship <laughs> so he could uh, stay alive. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it became something different. But anyway, uh, the most dramatic thing of all is that because when transhuman, that person will not be considered human according to the human rights we know. <clears throat> the situation is extremely serious, and I have the feeling that people do not realize the seriousness of what we are facing. It is not only the disease the vaccine is going to produce, often fatal, but also the fact that the survivors will have a modified genome and that this modification will be passed on to their descendants. Because their genome is modified, that modification is patented. Everything that is patented belongs to the patent holder, end quote. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Oh, that, that, yeah, it is. Just, it's just crazy. It's crazy, insane stuff. Um, But that's where we're heading. What's that? No, I was going to say for uh, um, eschatological purposes, you know, they're really going to think that's the mark of the beast, bro. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> the sensationalists, uh, they're going to be, that's the mark of the beast right there. <laughs> You're taking it. <laughs> Only thing I can say to that is go buy Last Day's Madness by Gary DeMar and and just don't get mad when he destroys your mark of the beast theory. Okay? <laughs> that's right. Don't get, uh, don't get mad. Don't get all defensive and stuff. <laughs> Oh my anyway, goodness! You know what? Upon, yeah, no, upon, this is, go ahead. I was gonna say, upon that, you're talking about the injections and you know the shots and right you know, how they're doing patents on it. Here, I just came across it, and this is on Health Impact News as of November 28, 2021, which is what two All days right. ago, a day ago, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And this is from Europe. Uh-huh. A European a European data uh, database of adverse reactions. Uh, there's 31,014 deaths and 2.890 million injuries following COVID shots. That's and it's all the, all the different shots: mRNA, uh, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Janssen. They all reporting injuries and fatalities. And those numbers are low. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Low. I mean, that, that's just in Europe. Yeah. I think just part of Europe, not entire Europe, but it's like, uh, I think right. England and some of those places there, but right. not, not Europe as a whole. It's just part of the European Union. That's what it shows. Not right. the entire European Union. And that's just in one area. So imagine... Right. Because not every country in Europe is a part of the European Union. Right, right. So, so, I mean, but it's amazing that, you know, that many people have been affected. And it breaks down. There's a breakdown of all the different issues, brother, from blood to cardiac, congenital, uh, ear, endocrine disorders, eye disorders, gastrin. I mean, it's affecting every part of the body. Yeah, it is. And have you seen the videos of these athletes dropping? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just, it's unreal. And, and they can't explain it. Right. 
Right. When you look at the news reports, when they're showing the news reports, they're saying authorities uh, do not know what causes, or they they have no explanation for mm-hmm. this phenomenon. Why why that this athlete dropped? A healthy athlete dropped of a heart attack, dropped of you know these different things, and it is happening all over. Professional sports players all over the world are dropping. Soccer players, um, football, basketball. Uh, they've had track and field. They've had all kinds of, I mean, these people are in phenomenal shape yep. and they're just killing over, yep. <laughs> you know, right there on the field. Yeah. And they go, we don't know what's causing this. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, you Pfizer probably sponsors your program. So you can't say what causes it, mm-hmm. Right. but in reality, it's them. It's their lethal injection. That's causing it mm-hmm. um, with the graphene oxide and uh, I mean, and then the mRNA and the spike proteins and, and causing the blood clotting in the blood and little microscopic blood clots and just a hundred thousands of them in, in the bloodstream. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, here's one, uh, an article out of Humans Are Free. It's the name mm. of the website. Uh, 365 studies prove the efficacy of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in treating COVID-19. 365 studies, brother. Wow. Uh, 298 trials, 4,772 scientists, 413,756 patients. 64% improvement in 33 early treatment trials, <clears throat> 75% improvement in 13 early treatment mortality results, 46% improvement in eight early treatment RCT results, 19% improvement in two, 201 late treatment trials, mm. and 21% improvement in 46 randomized controlled trials. That's a list. Yeah. So and here's a comment. Despite the science, Dr. Fauci and the medical elites have blocked the use of these effective treatments for coronavirus patients. Mm. And they're going after they're going after doctors who uh, use these and promote them for yeah. the treatment of COVID. Right. Isn't that amazing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're going after their own just because. You know, they, they're, they're like, no, I mean, they, well, they go in a different way, a different direction because they've seen the results. They've seen how it's working and they see the effects of all these different vaccines. You right. know, unexplainable uh, effects and symptoms. They're like they're baffled by what's happening. And oh, that, that European uh, uh, database report we were just you know talking about the ages, brother. It's from like six years old to about 55 years old. Everybody in yeah. between. The most healthy and, people. And, 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 you know, six and, and seven and eight, nine-year-olds that were not affected by COVID. Right, right. But now they are. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the immune enhancement. It, it's the, 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 this was the virologist, the uh, virologist, let me try this, virologist. Virologist. <laughs> and immunologist. Nightmare. Yeah. They knew, they were predicting. Some of these guys were predicting before this ever happened that it was going to happen. Yeah, 
that we're going to have a rough winter because of that. Because they were predicting every time you try to create a vaccine for a COVID virus, this ends up happening. Mm. People end up dying from the vaccines. And this is the biggest number ever. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the reason for all this is money. It's all about money. You can, they make hospitals make $1,000 for every COVID case. Wow. From yeah. the federal government. Federal mm-hmm. government gives them $1,000 for every COVID case. That's the highest cost disease, the highest rewarded disease they have. Mm. Everything's got to be COVID, right? Yeah. Pfizer and uh, its fellow, you know, pharmacy manufacturers basically are taking over the world. They're only in the world. They're basically bossing countries around. Mm. And uh, they're telling, you know, any people in the media, um, you know, all those advertising dollars we're giving you. Yeah. We'll pull them if you say anything about us. And so they keep it quiet. It's mm. all money. It's all controlled by money. Sure. And power and influence. Um, they can't make money on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They can't make money on zinc, mm-hmm. vitamin A, vitamin D3. They can't make money on that stuff. So they downplay it. Right? Right. Uh, the Z-Stack by Dr. Zelensky. I've been taking that, brother. I've been started taking it. Uh, yeah. They can't make money on that. Right. But they make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They make a ton of money on uh, the vaccines. I mean, a ton of money. And I noticed it really got bad when they started doing the boosters. Mm. And now they're saying, now Fauci came out and said, and uh, what was it? The CDC came out and said with Fauci, uh, we think we're going to have to do yearly shots now for COVID. <laughs> like they do flu shots. Right, right. Exactly. So how much do you want to destroy the natural immune system? And not only that, how many boosters are we up to now? And now there's a new variant coming in that is threatening. It's like, oh. Omicron. Omicron. Omicron, right? What happened to Alpha, Beta, Gamma? They got Delta. Yeah, right. What happened to Epsilon? (laughs) What happened to... I mean... Where's Jezebel? We all left Omicron. What's that? Where's Jezebel at? Right. I'm starting to wonder, as the variants come out, are they spelling something out for us? D-O, what's next? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow, that is so true. Oh, man. But yeah, it's... it's, I mean, it's just, we're living in an insane world right now. It's crazy. And, of course, Australia is still under all those lockdowns and everything else. And it's just nuts. Just nuts. Well, with that in mind, um, a judge blocked Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. And it applies to 10 different states. And Mm now... Let me go scroll down here, and I'll tell you which states they are. Uh, I just had it, and then here it is. So the ruling applies to Missouri, Nebraska, Alaska, Arkansas, Kansas, Iowa, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, and New Hampshire. So those states are not um, not required to 
have uh, healthcare workers mandated to take the shot. Trying to figure out a good way to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Smith uh, said this. He said, while today's ruling is a victory, there's a lot more work to be done. Let Let me clear. My office will not back down in this fight. I will continue to push back every step of the way on the tyrannical overreach of government that we've seen every single time in, in every level of government. Um, and not only that, but OSHA's rules were suspended as well uh, by court. A court said, uh, I don't remember which court it was, one of the district courts, I believe, told OSHA, uh, nope, you can't enforce COVID ma- uh, vaccine mandates. And so OSHA had to back off from that as well. Yeah. So there's good things happening. There's movement. People are waking up and seeing what's going on. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's going to be trying. Um, I just saw an article uh, here in San Diego, brother. Court temporarily blocks San Diego schools vaccine mandate after suit filed by 16-year-old. Wow. Yeah. 16-year-old. 16-year-old. Shows you the power of the individual when he's got the right people behind him. That's incredible. So it's temporarily, uh, uh, yeah, blocked for now. But uh, they're they're pushing it. And uh, I had seen also a little bit earlier that uh, Israel and Canada have started uh, vaccinating uh, young kids, the ages yeah. five through eleven. So that's coming as well here to the states, brother. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna put up a fight because uh, I already told my wife, and you know, we we we. Are, we're not. Landon's not getting vaccinated. He's the only, but the only one, no. you know, the only young one we have. So, no, um, you don't, you don't, you don't want to kill Landon. <laughs> we yeah, need no. boys. We don't want to kill him. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm prepared to face whatever comes our way. You know, and yeah. even uh, with us, you know, and uh, well, just recently too, the uh, the uh, you just read it where uh, the courts uh, blocked. Uh, uh, Biden's uh, push for uh, uh, the mandated uh, vaccines is to push till next year. And this is for unvaccinated individuals with uh, working mm-hmm. with the government from being uh, fired or uh, um, uh, what was the other thing they were doing? Either fired or or uh, um, suspended, I believe, from uh, their jobs for not being vaccinated. So I still have my uh, religious exemption uh, pending. So. I'm like, good luck with that one, brother. Uh, I've been praying oh, about man. it. And if it comes back where they deny it, I, all I can remember is uh, our, our pastor back in the day, uh, uh, Donnie Hamer. He yeah. said, you you sue them for everything. <laughs> so everything plus. <laughs> exactly. So you want to violate, violate yeah. that uh, First Amendment right? Go for it. I'll find me a great lawyer that's going to go after you. You know, and that's it. Yeah. We're not going to jail. Take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, so, but Go after him. it's in God's I hands would. for now. But uh, yeah, brother. I mean, the good thing that we are seeing, you know, people fight back uh, yeah. to yeah. a degree, and we need to do more because I mean, a lot of people are just giving in and, and taking that shot. I was just reading a couple articles oh. here where individuals, because they want to save their jobs, took the shot. Two weeks uh-huh. later, they were. They were dead two weeks later. Heart attack, dropped dead. Wow. It's like, 
amazing. Yeah, person. and that's and that's the problem uh, is that uh, it's cloaked in heart attacks and strokes and uh, other things that are causing. Uh, I can't remember some of the other diseases that are associated with it, but yeah, black uh, clots and heart attacks. Yes, a lot of people are losing people. I mean, this has been a heavy season of people. The church I've been attend that I started attending out here, uh-huh. they've lost a lot of a lot of elderly people. Uh, yeah. And yeah. of course, it's mm-hmm. being named anything but the vaccines, right? That's causing it. Right. So it's ridiculous. But uh, here's a here's another bombshell, brother. I'm gonna bring another bombshell in here, just like the the Roe versus Wade bombshell. Okay. Dr. Fauci was caught on camera pre-planning the scandemic and killer jab. As a, that's the title of the uh, thing. It's this is from One America News, uh-huh. and uh, they were planning this back in 2019. Listen to this. Was that okay? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Wait, wait. I didn't, no, no, didn't I was going to say, was, was this the one where they were going to pass it as the flu shot first? Yeah, they're going to try to do the flu shot right. first, okay. but they okay. realized that that wasn't going to work. They had oh, okay. to try to do it with All COVID. Right. Play it, brother. Newly uncovered video shows Anthony Fauci and other HHS officials discussing how a new virus from China could be used to enforce universal vaccination back in October of 2019. Here's one America's piercing sharp. As many of us have long suspected, this pandemic and all the resulting chaos was never about fighting a new virus and protecting public safety. This entire exercise has been a government-sanctioned effort to strip Americans of their rights and force us to follow their orders without question or else. You're not allowed to question or raise any objections or the full weight of the federal government will come down on you, no exceptions. We're supposedly in the midst of the worst pandemic in the history of the world where hospitals are overflowing with sick and dying patients. Yet at the same time, we can afford to fire hundreds of thousands of healthcare workers who refuse to take the experimental vaccine. Imagine that. And all to fight against the most dangerous virus humanity has ever faced, that you only have a 99.997% chance of surviving. It's so deadly when you're diagnosed, doctors just tell you to go home and take Dayquil until it goes away. (laughs) Clearly, something's not adding up, and many now believe it's because this entire virus arrived from the very start. Footage has just covered from Lincoln Institute, where the high prophet of pharma, the good doctor and dog murderer, Anthony Fauci, was discussing (laughs) viruses with other officials from the Department of Health and inhuman services. In the video, Fauci complains that releasing a vaccine the proper way takes way too long, at least 10 years, he says, and how unfortunate it is that people don't take the regular flu seriously. The other officials agree and suggest blowing the system up and finding a new way to impose a universal flu vaccine. They noted that people would be reluctant to take that kind of vaccine when it hasn't been tried or tested. That's when another doctor, Rick Bright, also a member of the Rockefeller Foundation, proposed that they should disrupt the bureaucratic process somehow and cut through all the red tape using what he called an entity of excitement. And then Bright tops it all by suggesting, you know, 
it's not too crazy to think there could be an outbreak of a novel avian flu virus from China, and they could then use that to make a global mRNA vaccine to be tested out on the public. And the best part of all, all of this happened in October of 2019. Watch it here for yourself. Why don't we blow this system up? I mean, obviously, we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that to something that has to be much better. Uh, you have to prove that this works. And then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and, and, and processes. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza, and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way, because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of an, a novel avian virus could occur in, in China somewhere. We could get RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if in, in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. It's hard to misinterpret what's being said here. They're essentially outlining the pandemic. Everything we've seen from the last year and a half described right here in this video before it happened. And this isn't the first time Fauci has gone on the record to apparently broadcast his intentions about the pandemic. Back when President Trump first took office, Fauci came out with a suspiciously prescient prediction that a major viral pandemic will strike the United States during Trump's administration. I'll stop it there. There's a little bit more. <laughs> we don't want to use that, but that much airtime. Wow. Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> and, brother, that's, that's, I mean, that's all you can really say. Just wow. Uh, I, I what was what exactly no uh -huh. you know what it's funny because it made me think i can't remember who it was i was seeing some video and the, the the guy hosting said if this was back in the 1800s dr fauci would have been shot for treason that's how bad he is if they could get to him before the people did <laughs> exactly right right no it's true yeah yeah, yeah. he would have been burned at the stake for sure <laughs> Hung on the nearest tree somewhere, or there's been, been a mob outside the jail, jail yeah. to uh, do a jail break, and so they could take him out to a tree and hang him. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> was it a mob to take him out? Yeah, um, no, it's, he is so bad. He's bad. Yeah. Bad, bad. 
but yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's a big wow, brother. I mean, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, who can now, now who's going to be able to say now, Oh, that's all much a conspiracy theory. Um, exactly. I'll give you, you want to hear a good, you want to hear a great conspiracy theory, brother? I got a great conspiracy theory for you. You want to all hear right. it? Hit me with it. Here comes a really good conspiracy theory. The vaccines are safe and effective. <laughs> that's, There's that's, a good that's a good one. That's there. actually really good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm impressed. I mean, come on. Took a little while to get that one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I saw it on the TV when I was eating lunch or yeah. something. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in an establishment eating, and I start going off on the TV. And I'm oh, being, that's hilarious. Anybody watching me go off on the It was TV? probably one of those moments where you're like, wait a minute, pause? Let me rewind a little bit. Let me hear that again. Yeah, what? yeah. What? <laughs> yeah? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, they planned it. I mean, this is clear. I mean, how do you misinterpret that? Well, brother, it's like when, you know, for how long did they deny that it was a, a man-made flu? The longest time, no, 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 that, no, 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 China didn't, do, no, no. And then it was proven that they did it in the lab. You know, now this right here, they're probably going to be doing right. the same thing. No, 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 2019, they were talking about something else. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about horses. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the- Lies, lies, sweet little lies, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. you can't trust the health department anymore. You can't trust hospitals anymore because you can't you can't trust anything in government. I mean, yep. we're going to be going back to the 1800s and using herbal medicines to cure each other. It's so true. I mean, yeah. what I mean, we've spoken about this, you know, what if man, when we first started hearing about the pandemic, pandemic, uh, in regards to the immune system, how many doctors that we, you know, uh, uh, looked into, and they were talking about no, build that immune system, build that immune system, use right. as much uh, natural, you know, uh, uh, natural uh, medicines and stuff like that. Right. So, but you're right. Well, after uh, two big bombshells, I'm going to switch gears for just a second, and then I'll let you have the floor, brother. Sounds good. Gisland um, uh, uh, Maxwell's trial opened up. She's the one that was um, um, helping Epstein in his pedophile ring, bringing oh, the girls yeah. and everything. Uh, she was big in Epstein's island. Oh, and by the way, they found – I think about 700 flights uh, uh, out of FAA records that were unre- that actually were not known. There were 700 previous unknown Jeffrey Epstein flights know about that mm-hmm. were revealed. Now they didn't they didn't reveal the records did not reveal who was on the flights. Oh. But that's a lot of flights that were kind of swept under the table and under the rug and and secret. (laughs) But they had the opening arguments already in her trial. Mm. And uh, she's probably shaking in her boots because I'm I'm wondering how many people want to kill her right now. Oh, I'm Um, I'm surprised she survived this this long. Right, right. I mean, they don't, you know, these high level politicians and people like that don't want to be exposed. 
Right. Yeah, That's talking. the biggest thing right there. So it's, right. you know, right. how, I mean, is she going to be found dead one morning too? You know, just. Yeah, they better keep a good eye on her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. The way of everything, you know? Yep. No, yeah, yeah, but here's uh, what it says real quick. As the Flight Administration accidentally reported in 2000, uh, flight wreck connected to convicted ex-offender Jeffstein's private jets, over 700 of which were previously unknown, according to Insider. Information Act, uh, or FOA, uh, in January 2020, asking the FBA, FAA to disclose the agency's data link to Jeffrey Epstein's private jets. Although the outlet's request was dismissed due to a legal exemption designated by Congress known as Exemption 7, the FAA unintentionally sent Insider a chunk of Epstein's flight data, which included departures and arrivals as part of an unrelated FOA request early in 2021, according to the Inside Report. Mm. The uh, flight records reportedly hold data to approximately 2,300 flights taken on four of Epstein's private jets between 1998 and 2020. The federal records also reveal 704 previously unknown trips that occurred on Epstein's jets, which include flights between 2013 and 2016, according to the insider. The FAA data does not include the names of the passengers. Oh, how convenient. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we know that former presidents and on down have mm -hmm. been involved in this, and this is just downright pure evil. This is slavery. It's yeah. human trafficking, and human trafficking is just a fancy way of saying slavery. And we're talking about underage girls. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of house cleaning that needs to be done in our federal government because I don't recognize half of those agencies. Anymore. Yeah, right. Wow. Including the FBI. Yeah, like you said, who can you trust anymore? No, I, I, I wouldn't trust anybody at this point mm -hmm. until they prove themselves to be trustworthy. So... That's that's my my part of the program, brother. Cool stuff, I know you bro. got a couple of things you want. To yeah, I got with. a couple of things for you. We're gonna switch gears here as well a little bit. Um, you know, we're always talking about uh, church history and things of that nature. You know, and people are always skeptical about you know uh, the existence of Christ and you know if things really did happen as they say they did in books or in the Bible or from sources such as uh, Josephus. So, an arch uh, Israeli archaeologist discover Sanhedrin era building in Yavne. That's Y A V N E. So this is amazing. It says Israeli archaeologists have uncovered the remains of an ancient building linked to the time of the Sanhedrin. According to CBN News, the building was discovered in Yavne, a city in the central district of Israel. The Sanhedrin, uh, Sanhedrin, which was the Supreme Jewish Council of Ancient Israel, relocated to Yavne after the Romans destroyed the Second Temple of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Correct. Yep. So I... Exactly. I I mean, that, that's an amazing find, brother, because it, it, not only that, it continues to show history 
what right. took place, what happened. And, and actually, that was a third temple. If you're, if you're, uh, yes, oh. thank you, thank you for saying that because yeah. I was going to say actually that was a third temple. So yeah, because uh, Herod wanted to build that temple, right? And uh, so they replaced the previously built temple that was built after they came out of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, that's right. It was uh, Nehemiah and Ezra came out and they built built the wall and built the temple. Correct. That was the second temple after the first one had been destroyed by Babylon. And then Herod came in. Uh, it was only a, a few years before Christ mm-hmm. to build that temple. And that temple was destroyed six, it was six or seven years after it had been fully completed. Fulfilling Christ's mm-hmm. prophecy. Right. When he said, tear this down in three days, I'll build it back up. He's talking about his, his resurrection. But he said to his disciples in, in you know, Matthew uh, 24 and uh, Luke 21, Mark 13, he said, um, there will not be one stone standing upon another mm-hmm. at that with that temple because the, the, the disciples were bragging about how nice the temple looked. And uh, Christ said, that thing's going to be ripped apart. <laughs> and Rome came in and in 70 AD did that. And the, the Roman general was like, no, 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 stop, stop. No, no, don't damage the temple. No, no. He didn't want it to happen because Herod had been the one behind building and it was dedicated to Herod. Right. Because he's the one who wanted to start a project. And they didn't want to destroy a temple that was dedicated to Herod, that third temple. And yet God determined that it would be destroyed. And those Roman soldiers went berserk and just ripped that Mm -hmm. temple apart. Yep. Yep. That is historical facts, brother. Uh anyways, uh you know what time it is, bro? Uh time for supper. Yeah, yeah, that too. But before, before, before you get to supper, it's time for the beef to grind the brains. Uh, you know what? I gotta get a special. I gotta get a special clip on uh, grinding the brains gears. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with something for Here sure. We go. Here we go. All right, bro. Let the grinding begin. <laughs> you better fasten your seatbelt, brother. <laughs> go for it. All right. In the evangelical world. Here we go. Our favorite subject, the evangelical world. Yeah. Uh, pastor Burnett L. Robinson, a New York pastor and marriage counselor who has spent more than 35 years in ministry. Here we go, bro. Apologize and resign from his post at the Grand Concourse Seventh-day Adventist Church, which, by the way, people, Seventh-day Adventist, bad theology, (laughs) in the Bronx last Wednesday after he declared in a sermon. All right, bro. Are you ready for this? Probably not, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just quote it. He says, and I quote, Pastor Burnett says, in this matter of submission, I want you to know, to know up front, ladies, that once you get married, you are no longer your own. You are your husband's. Okay, we, we agree with that, right? You understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah. I emphasize that because I saw in court the other day on TV where a lady sued her husband for rape. And I would say to you, gentlemen, the best person to rape is your wife. But then it has become legalized. Oh. Ah. <laughs> no, no, I'll, give you, I'll give you a moment, bro. <laughs> No, 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 no. Bad theology. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you're going to come up yeah. with an argument on that, brother. Is that a biblical statement? Yes or no? Oh, oh. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there. Let's go. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's establish some basic principles here. You know, get past Galatians. All right. But now, this gives us the order of creation. Right out of the Apostle Paul's mouth. All right. It says, some, um, it says, give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. A lot of people stop there. Big mistake. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for the church or her, that he might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word that he might present the church to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh, just as Christ is one with the church. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That's what is meant by the wife obeying the husband, to reverence the husband. The husband has to earn that respect. But here's the other thing. Where in scripture does it say it's okay for Christ to rape the church? Exactly. Nowhere. If if you're doing that act with your wife, 
And she is not a willing participant at the moment because it could be any number of things. She's sick. She's not feeling well. Uh, she has emotional issues at that moment. What are you doing? You're lusting your wife, not loving her, and you are damaging her. You're mm. hurting her. Mm -hmm. And that's why you should never do that. It should be a mutual act with each other, not forced upon the partner out of pure lust. Yeah. Great thoughts, very, brother. very fundamental principle of marriage. And if we're to act toward our wives as Christ does toward the church, guys, that's a big, big standard to live, live by. Mm -hmm. Right. That, uh, yeah, I mean, they cannot get any clearer than that. Uh, I'm glad that this pastor uh, was relieved of his duties. He should not be pastoring. That's a, that's a horrible statement to make. And not only that, brother, there was a conference that had to do with, uh, uh, they had uh, a lot of people that had survived rape and a lot of people that had survived abuse. So right. the outcry for, you know, those statement was huge. And yeah, a few days later, he's done. He's gone. I mean, not that we don't forgive people. We do, you know, a lot of people make, uh, you know, we all do. We all make statements that, that are not correct, but to right. this degree, brother, that's detrimental to the church. Yes. Yes. And um, yeah, that was a big mistake by that pastor. He should have rephrased yeah. it in a different way. Uh, yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, Man will fall, brother. Man will fall. I mean, he's he's got a lot of accolades. I mean, everybody talks about how great of a counselor he is. And, you know, he just had one really bad, 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 uh, 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 bad timing on this statement. It was just well, something that he should have never. That happens. Yeah. I mean, when you, if you take, you can take all the words that we've spoken in public and uh -huh. find something, right? Right. Well, we've blown it. We've made a mistake or we said something we shouldn't have said. I mean, it happens to everybody. That's true. Mm -hmm. But man, when you're in the pulpit, you got to really watch your P's and Q's. Right. You're representing yeah, God, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. So anyway, there it is. That's what I had for you, my brother. <laughs> I knew it was going to grain your gears. Wow, that one did. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Got card, right? <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was, I had to read that a few times. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. And actually, there's even a video where uh, uh, they took that sermon clip where it says that it, because he was contending uh, for, uh, uh, you know, wife submission to the, to the men in marriage. Yeah, that's, that, that's also oh. misunderstood. Eve was taken out of Adam's rib. It wasn't taken. She wasn't taken out of his foot. Um, <laughs> right. She's a, she's a helpmate, a partner in that marriage. She is not less than the man. It, she has the same value and same mm -hmm. um, um, sense of purpose that the man has. Because they're one. It's a one unit, right? To become one. And they're together are, are working God's will in their lives. Now, the man is the one, what it means by the man being the head of the wife, the man is the one who's responsible for what happens in the family. Absolutely. That's holding the man more responsible than he is the woman. Right. It puts it, more weight on the man's responsibility. It yeah. does. And, uh, 
and a woman that's really uh, not allowing the man to have that final decision is hindering that ability of that man to be responsible to God. Mm. Right? If she's if she's rebelling against that and saying, "I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. I don't care what my husband says." No. Well, that's that puts a wedge in the marriage. That's that's the beginning of a lot of damage to the marriage and could end up down the road into a divorce. But it also puts a man in a very bad position because he's responsible to God for what happens in that family. And he has to make sure that he makes good decisions and his wife is undermining what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. So the wife needs to be a good counselor to her husband. The husband should never just say, hush, woman, I'm the man in this house. I'll make the decision. Uh, okay, you want to be a stupid fool? Go ahead and do that. God <laughs> right. gave you that woman as your counselor. You better listen to her because she's got wisdom. She knows she has intuitions you don't have as a man. Listen to your wife. Consider what she's saying. Sometimes she's right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It takes a man that uh, of, of humility to admit that what well, my wife was right and I was wrong. And so I'm going to make uh, this decision rather than one I was going to make. I can tell you how many times I've listened to my wife and she saved my butt from some bad situations, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's what's really going on here. Now, ultimately, the man is responsible to make the final decision, but you don't completely cut the wife out of it. Yeah, She has a a say. Amen. Affecting her, too. Right, and that's the thing. Yeah, you may want to make sure they make the right decision because it's going to affect the wife as well. It's going to affect your, you know, your rib. So. Right, right. That's huge. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's it. So it goes back to the order of creation, too. God made Adam first, and then he, and uh, God made the man the head of the of the family unit. Yeah, and, and you said it perfectly, because in marriage, it's a matter of order and not of value. Right. And the one, and people don't forget, don't seem to get this either. It's not that oh, I'm the big man on campus, I get to lord it over. No, the, the man is the biggest servant in the family. Right, right. The man has to sacrifice the most for the family and mm-hmm. to serve his wife and to serve his, his children as, you know, taking care of his wife, protecting his wife, counseling his wife, and, and guiding his children into adulthood that's a huge responsibility. And so he has to be the biggest servant in the family. And kids are going to follow a, a dad that serves the family, not a mm-hmm. dad that's a tyrant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, my brother. That's all I have, my brother. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, I know we uh, sometimes... Uh, we, we laugh, we joke, but, you know, uh, people, we want to share that, you know, when I grind the, the brain's gears, you know, although we get a laugh of things at, at times, but, you know, so, some of these uh, things are, are important and, and it's matters that we need to discuss. And, and I'm glad that the brain shares uh, from a biblical perspective, you know, the proper understanding, uh, uh, you know, of uh, the word of God, you know, there's so much junk out there of, uh, miscontextualized, misinterpreted, and 
what was that we were talking about this uh uh i can take a verse out of context and make it something like equal oh, to philippians how, i can do that? all things by taking a verse out like, of context thank you, know? you by taking a verse out of context <laughs> exactly <Yep>. so <laughs> that's huge brother yeah all Just right up, my brother always a pleasure thank you for blessing us uh you See, know, final, final thoughts uh, I'm glad you were able to make it uh, after your little unfortunate incident. <laughs> yeah, I went MIA for uh, a few days. And my brother kept sending me texts, and some of these texts were getting no response. And uh, you, you, you thought I was gone, huh? I was raptured. I, I was starting to get worried. I, I'm going to call Pastor Brian and see if you're okay. You know? But, uh, oh. oh, man. How good he's alive, and we're good. Oh, man. So, yeah, I didn't know if COVID got you, man. <laughs> there he goes. Where's the, where's the beef? That should have been the big one. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, no, it's, been, it's a pleasure. I'm good to see you each week. And uh, so that's why we're a little bit late, folks. But uh, we'll, we'll try to stay consistent. Oh, anyway. yeah, most definitely. So, I'll end it up, brother. Um, folks remember keep your mind sharp and your heart pure and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast and we'll catch you on the flip side you have been listening to the vortex apologetic podcast hey there ladies and gentlemen we want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the vortex apologetic podcast it's a blessing to have you we hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested uh, I wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to thank uh, our church, uh, our friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. Thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. That we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. 